Senator Noe had the vision, but it was up to his chief of staff, Patrick DeLeon, to implement that vision. Patrick DeLeon worked for Senator Noe for 38 years in Washington, D.C. He spent 25 of those years as Senator Noe's longest-serving chief of staff. Patrick retired in 2011, about a year before the senator died. When Pat retired, Governor Neil Abercrombie and Big Island Mayor Billy Kanoy proclaimed a special Pat DeLeon Day to show appreciation for his service to the people of Hawaii. So let's start at the beginning when Pat first came to Hawaii. In 1969, after Pat earned a doctorate in clinical psychology, he and his wife Jean moved to Hilo where they trained Peace Corps volunteers. After Pat earned a Master's of Public Health from UH Manoa, he won a public health internship at Senator Chinoy's office in Washington, D.C. in 1973. He was a talented staffer, and soon Pat was hired onto Inouye's permanent staff. Pat went to law school at night. Pat has three degrees, a Ph.D. in psychology, a Master's in public health, and a law degree. He became Senator Inouye's chief of staff in 1986. Let's listen to Patrick DeLeon as he describes to Ken Inouye the details of his father's master plan for a stronger Hawaii. To create a stronger Hawaii, the senator's vision required building up education, health care, and economic opportunities, especially on the neighbor islands. You came in 1969 to Hawaii for the first time, right? Right, with the Peace Corps. Oh, good. And you were training and teaching people? In the we were training. We were trainers over in Hilo. And we spent time, quite a bit of time, in the Philippines and in Fiji, good at training people for those two projects. And then after that, came back to Oahu. Uh, the head of admission for the psychology department was Gil Tanabe, who knew us from Purdue when he was a student. He admitted Gene immediately. We just, quote, we just got to our alternates. You're better than the alternates. Why don't you apply now? So she ended up getting her PhD from University of Hawaii. Um, and I started working for the state mental health department in Kaneohe. Wow. at Kaneohe State Hospital. And then you got then to did, started going to uh, school public health when Jerry Michael was the dean. And part of what they wanted to do was do an internship. And so I put together different possibilities, including Patsy Mink said, sure. But the dean worked, asked Senator Noway, uh, how about having an intern in your office? He said, fine. Apparently, Ter Jerry said, his one question was, could I write? And Jerry said, yes, he can write. So I showed up the first day of the Watergate hearings. <laughs> and then 38 and a half years later, left. <laughs> can you describe your first meeting with Senator Inouye? How was that like? I think he was a true gentleman. I, I, I know I said my father was a World War II veteran. And so you know, highly respected of him. He said a couple of times, call me Dan. I think, no, I won't do that. You're 20 years older than me. You're the senator. Um, my biggest supporter in our system was Ms. Kenny's mother. Uh, we get along wonderfully, and every time he would sort of be one uppity, she'd make comments to him, and he'd behave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember reading one of the articles. They said that because you had a, a PhD in psychology, that the Inouye office was the most sane 
um, functioning of all the Senate offices because you use psychology to keep everything going smoothly. It was, it was all fun. I mean, one of the key two stories, but they're related, if you want to know about him. Um, at one point, and I'm saying it that way, stop, back up here. A number of times he told me about how when he was injured, he was triaged to die. But he never told anybody. So at one point, we were in the Capitol voting late. And all the senators are there getting on the elevator, right? And I said to Senator Harkin, I knew quite well. And Senator Harkin, the one who discovered the tiger cages in the Vietnam War. I said, Senator, do you know that your colleague, Senator Noway, was triaged to die? He turned and said, Dan, we supposed to be dead? And dead silence, right? And for the first time ever publicly, he talked about how he was triaged to die and how he said to the minister, you know, my, my time has not come. And the minister talked him out of that, talked the surgeon to move him to a different line duty operation. <laughs> so part of what you learn is to allow people to open up and talk about things that they never talked about before. Once I, you know, we have a whole bunch of Native Hawaiian education stuff. We created, you know, we, Pinky Thompson, myself and the Senator, we created a whole, we created a whole building. We put the building Native Hawaiian studies over in Hilo. <clears throat> the vice president, Tony Marcello, wanted to put it in Manoa. I said, no, Tony, read the statute. It says Hilo. Has to be in Hilo. At one point, El Simone wanted to steal the money. Well, it has to be over here. But the reason was because the senator wanted neighbor islands, as Kenny said wonderfully when he was at the commissioning, to see role models, people to see they can do it. And his vision was every island would have University of Hawaii at. And when I left, he said, one thing you never did. Yes, you never got me University of Hawaii at Kauai for your campus. That's right, but you know, and, they, and the Dean Chancellor wants it, president doesn't, but you know, Chancellor wants it. And I ran out of time. I've only been doing this for almost four decades. Things take time. So it was that kind of a vision for, and sometimes you had a lot of support and sometimes you didn't, but you just sort of kept plodding away and doing it. You know, I, I put this down purposely so Kenny could see it, but basically one of our sets of earmarks was STEM. Leslie Wilkin over on Maui, getting women who otherwise would never survive, you know, and getting them to get a new job, getting them to see, get their daughters in. And so once I went, I was flew into Maui and it was a Sunday, whatever, and all our students and their grandparents and their parents had this come have cupcakes and let us show us what we do. Let us show you what we're doing with the robots, with this. And people are saying, I'm going to Stanford. I never would have graduated from high school, but for this. So it's that okay. vision that he wanted. We created over Kahua Park Terrace, right? We created this building. So American Samoans and the building has it was the first time in the history of ever, Department of Labor funded a building other than Job Corps because they wanted to put together job training, basketball court they wanted. There's the canoe hanging up there, but we created this building. And part of the argument halfway out there was really funny because the chairman of the committee didn't want to give the money. And the staff director said, it rains in Hawaii, you get a building half built. You have to give them the rest of the money to finish the roof. They thought, all right, give them five more million. But again, it was the game, right? Yeah. So the pediatric EMS program, 
Um, working on the hill, working in policy is a lifestyle, not a job. It's seven days a week, it's whenever. Sometimes her father would, can you help me? I can't find my key. So I had to drive over and help him find something or something fell, I know, yeah. So it didn't make any difference what day it was. You know, <laughs> Who's gonna help me put up my rock garden? Henry got the rock somehow uh, flown from Hawaii. Well, we think we did on a Saturday. And I, this is I distinctly- no way made that. the nice egg sandwiches. I remember that. <laughs> We're digging holes in the middle of winter, trying to get yeah, trying to yeah. get get the shovel to go into the into the ground when it's frozen. It was like that was the craziest thing I remember. And a four wheel drive. We been out of our I mean, mind. Couple times I'd drive to his house in the pouring snow. He'd be in Hawaii. Check something out. Okay. And once I drove into the Senate with and Senator Rudman from New North 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 New England, right? Said, "Damn, you look perfect in a four wheel drive Jeep. Just don't fall off getting out of it." <laughs> he and Redmond were very close. Right. And we used to love going to talk to high school graduation on the neighbor islands. And then he'd call me and say, so just in a Kauai, I asked the kids, how many are you going to college? No hand went up. Pat, do something. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so we created programs, you know. Wow. He once came back, he once called me and said, I read this note. So I read a note. And I said, Senator, whenever the volcano goes up, my granddaughter has to go to the emergency room. They'd fix it. So we end up spending over half a million dollars from CMS, uh, then HICVA. Uh, and how do you address the asthma response to the volcano, the VOG on the neighbor islands, in the big island? They gave the money to the medical school rather than to you know, scientists over in the big island, welcome to never have enough money, the rich, right? But again, and what worked beautifully on that, and again, it's the lifestyle of the game, that one of the high-level CDC people was in, in Oahu and said to the media, hell will freeze over before we do something with the volcano. And so the next day, the head of CDC and I were on the phone. Uh, why am I reading this about your staff? Well, uniformed services, no. School of Medicine, University of Hawaii got half a million dollar check within a very short period of time. So it has that we created a federally qualified community health center on every island. Big Island has a couple, right? We have one on Lanai. You think the person who owned 99.9% .9 of Lanai wanted it? Absolutely not. Wow. Well, they, become, you know, they think they control the world. And your father actually said, how come you didn't tell me you put one on Lanai? I said, I did. I said, you said every island. I said, every island. That's an island, isn't it? Ah. Then we kept driving home. Oh, man. We created an every island slash federally qualified community health center, right? Including on Lanai, including a couple on the big island. But every one of those we created. We went to Molokai and we had a town hall meeting. And it was wonderful because we had Tanhao meeting. Uh, there was, you know, and they didn't want one, supposedly. The head of the health department didn't want one. But pretty clear that the message I was giving is you're going to have one. The question is where you want it. And so at one point, one of the private physicians got up with the graduate of the John A. Burns School of Medicine and said, kids don't like it, bad idea, don't do it. And just, Senior person got up and said, 
I'm your principal. I've retired. Sit down and shut up. This is about people and quality care. It's not about your private practice. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Boom. And so then they got into an argument whether on the east side or the west side. Now it's on both sides, right? But again, it's like, you know, you have to sort of, we did one on Molokai. We did one on Kauai. We did one on, because without, how many times, and this is what we saw, how many times did, well, we send a physician over to check your breasts for cancer every month. Well, on one of the islands, they, the, the older people kept pushing the younger ones to get screened, right? Until they died because they never got screened because that's not enough time. Yet you don't have access. You don't have dental care off the map. I couldn't believe it once. We were over in Maui Community, Maui Community College Nursing, beautiful way ahead of the time. They were doing home visits. But I was over there and I saw this line of people and I'm confused, what's happening? Well, around one o'clock afternoon, we're gonna open up the monthly free clinic. And these were all people lined up to get free care. Aren't there a lot of people with money in Maui? Why do people who were born in Maui not have access to care? I mean, you know, same in Alaska, right? So his view was, we're going to fix it. And I'll get some flack from people who think we shouldn't, I shouldn't get involved, but I'll get involved. Um, both Senator Matsunaga and Senator Noe are absolutely convinced they talked to Pele. And a number of occasions, I don't know how much he told you, Kenny, but a number of occasions he talked about knowing he was talking to the God. You ever tell you about that? Um, not in so many words, but well, uh, me, he, really he, a, he, he did have a very deep and abiding uh, uh, sense of respect and reverence for, for uh, you know, the Hawaiian deities and such. And, you know, he made it clear that we understood that I understood that. So he, we, he and I would talk about how life is not linear, how there are other forces you can't recognize. He talked about the time he was doing a fundraiser type in the very, very beginning. And this person came to him and said, uh, you're going to do very well in your life. You're going to be able to do this, this and this. And he talked to some of his friends and said, who were they talking to? There was nobody. You were just standing by yourself in the corner. He said, <laughs> "No, I wasn't." Said, yes, you were. I've heard this story. Yeah. <laughs> and he was convinced that was Pele who made herself a him, and came into the room. He was once supposed to fly out to meet a secretary. You know, you know, Secretary of Commerce wants to have you fly on this trip, world trip. In the morning, he's supposed to fly out. He called me and said, "I don't want to go. Doesn't feel right." That plane crashed. That secretary died. And he says, he said, I knew, and then coming back from the war, he wasn't put on a plane, right? Because it bumped and that plane crashed. Yep. So, I mean, there are a number of, and Sparky the same way. Sparky absolutely was you know, begging for help for his mother was dying or something, she didn't. So he'll, when he talked to me, he talked, gets him sweating, how I talked to the God and the power of the God came down. So again, it's a different part of being the public servant. You sort of, not only you feel you want to accomplish something at a higher level, you sort of know you're having help assistance that's not linear. And people can pick it up. Terry Rogers, when he was Dean of the medical school had a goal, which is to get Native Hawaiians into medicine. 
I'd pick Terry up. He lived in, he was staying at a friend's house. I'd pick the senator up, we'd drive in, and the two would argue. I know three Native Hawaiian physicians. No, you don't, I only know one. They'd argue all the way in, one or three in the world. I knew one, I knew two actually. When Terry resigned, stepped down as dean, he had 75 Native Hawaiian physicians from zero to 75. And at one point he called me and said, I succeeded. Why? I just got chewed out by a Native Hawaiian mother who her daughter didn't get into medical school. Can you believe from not believing they could ever go to college to chew out the dean because I didn't take a daughter? I succeeded. I was so happy when she finished screaming at me. Uh, it For sure, it wasn't about healthcare. It was about a future generation, getting people to understand what they could do. That's awesome. So once I called him up and he got on the phone, he said, Pat, do you know what time it is here? 4 a.m., you're waking me up. I said, yeah, Terry. One of us on the phone, who else? Oh, the head of the National Cancer Institute. Oh, yes, sir, doctor. Yep, yep, yep. How can I help you? Well, we want to come out and have a hearing. Uh, President's cancer panel under Reagan wants to come out and please, please, Pat, always feel free to wake me up. <laughs> and we went out there and we had the hearing. That's what that, so you've seen in Hawaii, the cancer center, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was 100% a function of what we did. That was not requested. The head of CIA, head of the cancer institute went out, brought the commission. We had breakfast and he said, Pat, I want you to know that the typical specialist in cancer in Hawaii, on Oahu, is 20 to 30 years outdated. I'm not going to talk about the neighbor islands. So we put in place, put money in place, had to, ha had to have a little couple discussion with people in the budget office. And so you now see the native, you see the cancer center, right? 100% of nobody's vision. Hawaii Medical wrote a blasting letter. Senator, how dare you get the university involved in providing cancer care? Our membership is excellent. Pat, respond to this, please. Be glad to. Wrote like a two-page letter back pointing out the head of the Cancer Institute said it were 20 to 30 years outdated. And we thought high-quality care required constant education to the practitioner. Because then at that point in time, NIH says it takes 17 years for an idea that's good to get into the practitioner's hands. And something like cancer, oh yeah, that was, that's real. Something like cancer, that's a long time, right? If your practitioner who cares is 20 years outdated, uh, that ain't good for you. But so, you know, I love the fact he allowed me to uh, respond to them in his name. I wrote the letter, he signed it. That's awesome. A sad one, I'm really sad about, but it's the same thing. We got Commerce Committee to agree, and we had a hearing in Commerce Committee. Uh, one of the witnesses was a park ranger who fell through the lava. And he was talking about being steamed and how much it hurt. Do you, the only burn center anywhere in Hawaii at that point in time is Straub. And it's only got three or four beds. What if an airline crashed? What are all the, you're gonna send them to San Francisco and they'll die on the plane out there? Could we get authority moving to create a federal government investment in quality of care for Alaska and Hawaii 
because they're so isolated and they don't have a burn center. And I just couldn't get it to happen because people, but boy, when that park ranger was testifying, I was watching Senator's faces, like, oh, yeah, really? And he, and he said, sir, it really hurt. The steam really, I was dumb. I thought it was solid. I'm a park ranger and I was wrong. I fell through and caught myself. Oh God, it hurt. Wow. So, you know, he would take on these issues because he could see the real person ahead of when most people saw. That's the fascinating thing. He could see ahead of, right? He could. Yeah. I mean, somehow he could see that. And then you got the implemented. But we have, you know, pretty much keep in mind, labor HHS is about a third of the budget. Defense about a third of the budget. The rest of the government is a third of the budget. So all your education, job training, American Samoan training, the tripler. Tripler, the wonderful hospital because President Johnson told the cabinet, give Dan whatever he wanted. Turned out it wasn't cancer, it was the shrapnel. And he knew how to use that. Oh man, this brings back a lot of memories, Pat. I have to, pre I have to say, I appreciate you taking the, taking the time. We ought to do this. We ought to do this again. We ought to do this more often. You well, know, I think I'm perfectly willing to do it because you say to do it. And so we can get up another one and we will just continue whatever you want as you get a sense you want. Mahalo, Pat and Kenny. In our next episode, we are going to continue our conversation with Senator Inouye's Chief of Staff, Dr. Patrick DeLeon. Mahalo, everyone. See you soon. Aloha. Kaimana <laughs> Kaumai